1: We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. We have been taking really several months now and God directed us to teach on the mind and you know what we're not done yet. <laughs> we're just going to keep going some more because it is such a vast subject. And I tell you, I don't care who you are. You need to know what the word says about your mind because you got one. And not only that, you can't get away from it. <laughs> so since we live with our minds, we might as well have a mind we can live with. Right? A mind that blesses our lives and and, and to know how to think right. And what is the right kind of think, thought life for us? Um, one thing we don't want to do is not pay attention to our thought life. So many times people are just living their life without even aware what's going on up here. And I tell you what, when we pay attention to our thought life, then we can choose our thoughts. And our thoughts aren't forced upon us, but we choose them. Amen. Amen. We've been starting in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 has been our golden text that we have started with in all of these episodes, and we're going to continue again. Paul was writing to Timothy, and he said this, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Aren't you glad to know what he hasn't given us? Yeah. Amen. Uh, No remnant of fear. That means for the rest of our lives, fear free. That's what God authored for us. Now we have to, we have to put a demand on that. Anything, anything of fear that comes, we say, not mine, not mine. And you have to answer it and talk to it because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what he has given us is that of power. We could say this authority, anointing. He's given us power. He's given us love and his love, but not only this, he's given us a sound Mind, And a sound mind belongs to us in Christ. That's part of our inheritance. Jesus, he bore not only sickness and sin, he bore the tormented mind so that yours could never be tormented again if we cooperate with him. Amen. I like what the Amplified Translation says describing a sound mind. It says that that mind is calm, that that mind is well-balanced, that mind is disciplined. Yeah. Look at that. That's a yes. big word, right? Yes. Disciplined and it's controlled. Yes. Amen. Yes. That means that your, your mind doesn't just run off with your life and take it in a wrong direction. Yes. If, we don't, if we don't do something with our thought life the mind can ruin our life, can ruin your life. A body that's uncontrolled can ruin our lives. And so it need not be that way because we have the Word and we have the help of the Spirit whereby we can walk in the light of what the Word says is ours. That's a sound mind and that is a, a submitted body. We've submitted it to God, amen. I want to go over to Philippians chapter four. I am so thrilled to get to this verse today because this verse is one of my favorite verses and the reason is it was my rescue in a season of testing in my life. And so we're gonna look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 and we're we're gonna do verses 10 and 11 and I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic translation. And uh, I was going through a test that lasted a time and let me read to you what Paul wrote that God said to me. Paul was writing and let me set the scene real quick. And that is the people had given to him and he was writing them and thanking them for their gift. And this is what he said. He said, not that I am implying that I was in any personal want. Listen to these words, for I have learned. Listen, this great apostle of God had to learn something. I don't care how long you've walked with God. There's a learning that happens and we're never done learning. And Paul, this wonderful apostle said, for I have learned. We could say, Paul, what have you learned? I learned how to be content. Content, And listen, content is not content with something, but content in something. Um, he wasn't content to be in prison, but he was content while he was in prison. And so when he says, "I've learned how to be content," that doesn't mean accept everything that comes your li- comes your way and swallow it as part of your life. If it didn't come from God, uh, don't, do not settle for it. But even while you're, you're, you're walking out this life of faith and you're standing your ground against opposition, you can become content in that, but not with it.. And uh, because everything you're okay with, God will let you have. If you're okay with having things that trouble your life uh, and you don't take a stand against it, God, God will not intervene and usurp your authority. Mm-hmm. So when, don't misunderstand this wording Paul gave when he said, I've learned how to be content. That doesn't mean if, if, if pain comes, I need to be content with it. No, we're not content with what God didn't author. So he said, I have learned how to be content. And then he goes on, and I like what the Amplified says. It basically gives us a definition of what he means by this. This word content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. Now, when we read that, think of this. He's sitting in a prison. And he says, I've learned something while I've been in here. I've learned how to be uh, undisturbed. I've learned how not to, how to not be uh, disquieted. In what, listen to this, whatever state I am, not just the good state not just the peaceful state, not just a setting that is pleasing and desirable, but he said in a state that is a difficult state, he says, I've learned how to be content in it. Meaning this, you don't have to wait for circumstances to change for you to be content. You don't have to wait for circumstances to change for you to be at peace. You don't have to wait for circumstances to change for you to have victory. Now think about it. Now let me flip over to another passage when Paul, and I'm not going to read there, but I'll just quote it to you. When Paul and Silas were beaten, thrown in prison. Remember that? It's one of the most outstanding features to me about this story. They prayed and they sang praises while they sang praises. The anointing of God came into manifestation and that anointing, uh, it broke off the chains off their hands, off their feet. It opened prison doors. And the thing that is so impressive to me, because I mean, in the natural, if you and I were in that situation, the door flew open, baby, I'm out, right? <laughs> that, we, we, they, up and out. God just made my way of exit. They sat in the same place without moving. Why did they do that? They were content. Meaning this, they had exited before the door opened. They weren't waiting for the door to open. No matter what you're going through, you have an exit road. Amen. And the word is your exit out. You don't have to wait for circumstances to be pleasing before you're pleased. You don't have to wait for, uh, you don't have to wait for opposition to leave you alone before you're at peace. And this is what is so great about a sound mind is you're not waiting for exterior things to give you permission to be at peace. Yeah. The peace is on the inside of you and you draw it up and out of that flow of peace, you dominate the circumstances Amen. that are against you. Yeah. Now that's, that's the victory flow. Yeah. Uh, so many people think that victory is when things leave them alone. Opposition leaves them alone. Tests and trials leave them alone. But victory is I don't care what shows up. It doesn't change me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so much of the time people are just waiting to have joy and waiting to be at peace when things are in place. But real victory doesn't have to have things in place because the victory flows from within and you dominate out of that place on the inside. Amen. I love this verse. I tell you, I get thrilled with this verse because this is one of the things God taught me. I went through a long season of testing and God said, "This is your difficulty. You have not learned how to be untroubled in the midst of what you're in the midst of what you're facing." Yeah. Amen. And listen, you can't read the Bible. You just can't read this verse and be, and gain skill reading it. You gain knowledge reading it but not skill. You gain knowledge by by feeding on the word, but you gain skill by doing it in the face of a test. And so this is what God was showing me. Just because you've read this doesn't mean you're good at it. (laughs) And so he taught me this verse and I learned firsthand. And I tell you what, it was my rescue. It was my exit road. It was my victory out of that difficult situation. But when tragedy hit our home, it was the anchor for that situation. And I tell you what, you are not a victim in this world of what shows up against your life. You are to be in total command, total control of your life, no matter what shows up against it. Amen. So I so love when Paul says, I have learned how to be content. You need to meditate on that. I I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disquieted, I'm not disturbed in whatever state I am. Now, practice on that one for the rest of your life. (laughs) Amen. And I tell you what, it will change your life when you get a hold of that. Amen. Amen. So, as I said, the word content here is defined as I'm not disturbed. I'm not disquieted. I don't care what shows up against my life. We don't wait for circumstances to give us permission to be peaceful. We don't wait for circumstances to give us permission to be joyful. We don't wait for circumstances to give us permission to say we have victory. The victory's in here, the joy is in here, the peace is in here. That's the fruit of the Spirit. These are not just feelings, they're forces. Amen. Uh, They are forces that come out of your spirit. Make a demand on them. Make a draw. And these forces are so great that they will push down and drive out anything that comes against that force. Mm -hmm. And I am here to tell you firsthand. My husband went home unexpectedly to be with the Lord in October 2013. And I am here to tell you that death was no match for the force of peace. I tell you what death was not even a worthy opponent to the to the force of peace. The peace of God was so so much so far superior that it is so true what it says in Ephesians that Jesus he was raised far above. And he raised us far above. These forces of the nine fruits of the spirit in us are so far above yeah. circumstances, so far above strategies and devices of the enemy. They are so far above, not barely above, not just us trying to keep one nostril out of the out of the water we're drowning in. We are far above with these forces, but we have to become skillful with these forces. And that's what Paul was talking about is that he said, I learned and, and we have to, we don't know whether he learned it right there in the prison at that time or if he learned it previously, but we know this, he learned it. And I, I want you to know this, your spouse can't learn it for you. Your pastor can't learn it for you. Brother Copeland can't learn it for you. I can't learn it for you. You can gain knowledge of what the Word says, but you only learn it when you do it in the face of opposition. Amen. Amen. Listen, Paul was in a dark place, wasn't he? Yes. Can you imagine? I mean, he's in prison, it's a dark place, it's an oppressive place. But he's there for doing something good, <laughs> which even adds to, you know, uh the, the not wanting to be there, right? Um uh, other men had been in the same place Paul had been, but he did the right thing in the wrong place. He was not supposed to be in prison. I mean, it wasn't by the hand of God, it was by the hand of opposition that he was in that wrong place, but he did the right thing in the wrong place and came out stronger. I don't care what wrong situation you find yourself in. Paul was put in this wrong situation by the doing of other men. And sometimes other people make steps, uh, take steps that put you in a hard place, put you in a wrong place, but you can do the right thing in the wrong place. Amen. Amen. And that's what Paul did. He did the right thing in the wrong place. And uh, he came out stronger. And we have testimony that helps us know what to do when we hit a place that's difficult, when we hit a place that's dark, when we hit a place that maybe we've been put there by the decisions and the actions of someone else. We don't give up our victory no matter how we got there. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So victory is not about the devil leaving you alone. It's about learning how to be untroubled right in the middle of his right in the midst of his presence. Mm, that's really Amen. Awesome. And know this: uh, so much of the time, people are so aware of the enemy that's present. Well, guess who else is present? The greater one is on the inside of you. Yeah. And so, just because, um, just because the enemy works through what we feel. He works through what we hear. He works through what we see. The enemy makes himself so loud and boisterous because he's at the disadvantage. You know, um, kids on a playground... You can have what they call the playground bully, right? Yeah. Everybody's been acquainted with that term or that person <laughs> yeah. at some time. And you had the playground bully, but if you had somebody who knew that if, if the bully harasses them, they know I can take you out. Right. When, they, when you know yeah. I can take out that bully, you don't have to be loud. Yeah. When you're unsure, that's when you get loud. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why the greater one in you does not have to get loud when the enemy shows up with all of his threats, with all of his talk, with all of his feelings, with all the circumstances that are so loud that what happens, people att- people's attention goes to what's loud. You need to go with what is strong, <laughs> what's greater is the greater one in you, not with the louder one. And that's why the devil's got to be so loud because he's at the disadvantage. Jesus stripped him, spoiled him, defeated him. And he is completely a defeated foe. So he's got to throw all this this volume at you, the volume of feelings, the volume of wrong think, of wrong thoughts, because he's got to get you distracted from the greater one that's on the inside of you. So I say you're authorized to ignore loudness. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I don't care how loud circumstances get. I don't care how loud threats get against your mind. You're authorized to ignore them based on who's in you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so I just remind you, no matter what you're feeling today, those things, those symptoms, those feelings, that depression, that oppression may be very felt, but it will never, it will never diminish the greatness of the greater one in you. And that's what we're to stay focused on. That's what a sound mind stays focused on. Amen. Victory is not about the devil leaving you alone. That's not our job is to get the devil to leave us alone. Our job is to know what to say when he shows up. Our job is to know what to believe in the face of opposition. Amen. Our job is to know what to do in the face. What is our action to take in the face of opposition? I love Psalm chapter 23. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. How does it restore my soul? As we renew our minds with his word. As we feed on the Word, he, re- he restores our soul. He restores my soul. But look at verse 5. I want you to see what verse 5 says. It says, Thou preparest a table before me. Look at this. In the presence of mine enemies. In the presence of mine enemies. It's not about having the enemy not be present. The devil's going to be present. He has a right to be on this earth until Adam's lease runs out. Now, one day he'll be cast out out of human contact with men. But right now, he's on the earth and he has a right to be here, but is he doesn't have a right to rule you. Right. He doesn't have a right to to govern you. We don't belong to his kingdom anymore. And ju- our job is not to get rid of him. Our job is to demonstrate our mastery over him. Yes. Amen. Yes. We've been given total authority. We've been given forces that are that are far above anything the enemy would launch against us. Amen. So thou preparest a table before me. Look at this in the presence of mine enemies. Quit being impressed that you can feel the enemy. Quit being impressed that you, you heard what he said to you. So what? In this room right now, there's all kinds of lighting. There's all kinds of equipment and you know what? Uh, it's here, but it's, I, I don't, it's not getting my attention. I'm not impressed that it's here. I don't care. I'm here for you. I'm here talking to this. This is what matters to me. And all this is even bigger and probably you combine it, it's heavier than me. So what? So I don't care what, what seems big. I don't care what seems weighty. Uh, it doesn't get my attention. I don't care. It doesn't matter that the devil's present. He only gets credibility when you give him your attention because he's a defeated foe. Yeah. You need to entertain that thought a lot. <laughs> he is a defeated foe. And every time circumstances show up, know that they came from a defeated foe. Therefore they cannot win. If you will remember the right thing, if you will answer the right thing. Amen. So again, Psalm 23 verse five, thou preparest a table of before me. Notice, God has already prepared something for you, even though enemies are present. He gave you a better place to be occupied with, the table of His Word, the table of His blessings. Just stay pulled up to the table. Amen. And quit being occupied with the enemies who are not at the table. The table was not spread for them. They're not at the table. The table is for God's people to to feast off of. And not only that, you have a seat there. You're invited to that table. So what's that mean? He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Stay occupied with what he's provided for you. The victory that yours is on the table, the healing power of God is yours. It's on the table. Amen. It's on the table of your redemption. Amen. Uh, peace and joy and answers and help and wisdom and knowledge are all on the table. Just, it'll take the rest of your life to just sit and take in what's at the table to even give any attention to what's behind you. <laughs> Listen, you got a seat and it's at the table of God's blessings, at the table of God's provision. And one thing the devil doesn't have is the chair you got. Amen. Amen. So he can, he's, not, he's not seated at the table, but I tell you what he wants to do is draw you away from your place at the table. And so we have to realize that skill and a sound mind recognizes there's a place I belong at and it's not at the table of worry. It's not at the table of fear. I'm at the table of God's provision, the table of God's abundance, the table of God's provision. So what, what do you do at that table? Respond to the table. Yes. Respond to that table. You know, you could be very hungry in life. You could have a real need for some nutrition in life. And people could say, hey, we've, we invite you to come over for dinner and you could sit there. They have set a table for you, you uh, a place for you. You've got a chair. But if you just sit there and just look at the table, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you don't partake. <laughs> that you can, uh, you can fail with your answer right in front of you. You can fail with your answer really on the inside of you if you don't partake of it. That's when uh that's when you end up doing without. So uh let's not only just know what's in us, let's be partakers of that divine nature, partake of it. The nature of God is in us, the life of God is in us, partake of that. How do you do that? With your words, with what you say, with your thought life, with what you meditate on, with your actions. Amen. Amen. The actions you take, all of these things play a role in partaking of what's at the table. So you say, well, Pastor Nancy, I need healing. How do I partake of it? Say, Father, I thank you that healing's on the table of my my redemption. You've already made it mine. You've laid it. And the thing is, God laid it it out on the table of our redemption. He's not taking it back. So it's up to us to partake. What did they do? You'll remember when the Hebrews were in Egypt before God delivered them. And remember what he said, um, the night before they were to be delivered out of there, God gave Moses an instruction to give to his people. And he said, take the Passover lamb, and he said, eat all of it. And then he said, put the blood of it on the doorpost. And that spirit of death, not from God, but from hell, that spirit of death that came through could not bypass the blood. But it said there also that when they came out of Egypt, there was not one feeble one among them. Why? They ate. They ate of that lamb that was a type of Jesus's body broken for hours. They partook of that. And the thing that's so impressive, now think of this. It says there was not one feeble one among them, regardless of age regardless of what condition they might have been born with. That night, everybody got healed. Why? Because they ate what was on the table. These were slave bodies. They had been worked hard. They had been abused. They had been neglected. These were bodies who had been overworked and mishandled. And by eating what was on that table that night, there was not one feeble one among them. And we have a better covenant. Come on. (laughs) I mean, this stuff thrills me. Amen. He's prepared a table. Eat of it. Eat of those healing verses. The, The Word is your medicine. Proverbs 4 and verse 20, verses 20 through 22 talks about it, that his his words are life, they're health, they're medicine. His word is the medicine he prescribes as we eat of that word, we're partaking of the table of our redemption. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, our job is to be occupied with the table and quit being occupied and impressed with the enemies that try to draw our attention away from the table. That's why the enemies are there. They're trying to draw us away from what God has made ours. But now you know. Now you know. You're authorized to ignore the enemy. I said you're authorized. One of my favorite testimonies is Smith Wigglesworth, an English preacher whose ministry was on the forefront in the first half of the 1900s. He went to sleep one night, fell asleep, and he was awakened in the middle of the night because he sensed an evil presence in the room. It it awakened him, meaning it was tangible in the atmosphere. And he rolled over to the side of his bed when he awakened and he saw Satan in manifested form sitting on his bed. And I love this, the mastery of this man of faith. He said, oh, it's just you and rolled back over and went to sleep. He didn't stay up half the night rebuking devils and resisting devils and pulling down strongholds and all that. He knew something. And he he lived skillful in the mastery of his authority. Amen. Yeah. These things are thrilling. This is um, this is one of the books that I'm teaching out of today and it's called Peace, Living Free from Worry. We want you to get your copy. It'll be a blessing to you. You can go to defraimministries.org and get your copy and we'll send it right out to you. And we're so glad to have you with us today. But as we go today, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you.
0: To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California, October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefrainministries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message.